Well, welcome. Another episode of uh, Lost in Translations. I'm joined here on my left by Grateful. On my right, <laughs> Gratitude. <laughs> and myself just repping another studio. Yeah, we well, So, okay. uh, no, he's actually my barber. <laughs> Seven and one studio, Gold Coast. He's not sponsoring it, but maybe he is now. Nice. Um, how well, are we? Good. Scott? It's, it's pouring outside, but... It's pouring. I feel like pouring. there's a... It was boring. Yeah, I got wet. No, it is boring. Yeah, boring. But we're here. Is that saying something? It's Monday night. Monday night. We're here. We're on fire. Just serving the people every week. Pouring it out. (laughs) There it is again. Pouring outside. Pouring in here. (laughs) Today's discussion, mate. The temptation to choose power over love. What a subject. Can go many different directions in this. Going to throw it straight to uh, Scott. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> our weapon here. I called it. Our seven foot three <laughs> weapon on the left. In the post. Scotty, open, open us up with some <laughs> thoughts on the temptation and the observations you've seen in your many years on this earth, observing people. Yeah. Why people choose. Is that the question? Is that the question? Why people choose it? Or that's yeah, just, yeah. I, or the temptation. To, mm. The temptation of it. Yeah. Like I, yeah. 100%. I, I read a book about two years ago. And this gentleman's name is Henry Newen, I think you pronounce it. He's passed away now. He was a, a Catholic um, priest. And he spent 20 years in academia, Yale, Harvard, Notre Dame, teaching pastors and teaching seminary, pastoral psychology. Like he, he In terms of a career, his tra- trajectory was on the way up. And after 20 years, he just got to this point where he asked himself this question, um, has the last 20 years brought me closer to Jesus? Yeah. And the answer was no. So he, he started to go on this journey and he he asked Jesus, well, where do I need to go to from here? And he, he actually said he was on his, on his way to burnout. Yeah. And I thought an interesting point, he said, burnout for him was a convenient psychological translation for spiritual death. So That's even intense. That is intense. Spiritual. So burnout, burnout for him, in his context. Not saying this for everyone, yeah. but in his context, he he said it was a convenient psychological translation for spiritual death. Wow. So you can you can imagine. I think he was in a pretty heavy heavy space. Heavy. So he felt God just said to him, "Go and live among the poor in spirit, and they will heal you." So this book that he wrote. Um, was written after 20 years of working with disabled people and actually living on site in, in disabled and hospice care. And it's just, it's it's, it's all about um, leadership, but there's a chapter on choosing temptation, uh, having the te- being tempted by power rather right. than love. And he talks about Jesus being tempted out in the wilderness and say, you know, Satan saying, I'll give you everything. You can, you can rule everything. And, and Jesus obviously saying no, but... Yeah, he has this quote in there, which I, I come back to. I read it about two years ago, and I come back to it now and again. I think it's it's it hits me because I think about times when I've when I have chosen power over love, right? And then when I when you see it, when you see it being done in the body of Christ, at work, in relationships, whatever. And and he, he the quote is: "It seems easier to be God than to love God. Easier to control people than love people." And easier to own life than love life. Hmm. And uh, th- yeah, the one that keeps always, I always come back to <coughs> is it, it 
easier to control people than love people. And obviously he's talking in the context of Christ where it is the upside-down kingdom where Jesus could have came and ruled. But everything, like where he came from, the line, the, the, the place he came from, he rode into town on a donkey. There was no pomp and ceremony about him when he had every right to. And, um, that, that you know, he's the pattern for us to follow. So I, I always get convicted. Not Yeah, I get convicted when I come back and read that and think, yeah, mm. it's it's the narrow way. It's a hard thing to do. I don't know what, what you boys think, but... There, uh, yeah, go, go down. Oh, there is. I think there is a massive propensity as human beings Great to word. lean toward propensity. Oh my gosh. At I'm least a, at least one a week you yeah, drop a banger. Like, I think I said something I don't know what I said the other day. <laughs> I was pretty amped about I've it. I've got them so. all preloaded. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's on my phone here. I Googled them before I got here. Um, but there, Thesaurus dot <laughs> com. <laughs> there is a a bent, mm. a propensity, a lean towards I think in our human nature the the opposite of what Jesus lived and taught because it's I think at a fundamental level it's it feels nicer more convenient mm. um, and it feeds my own well I'll just call it for what it is yeah. it feeds my own sinful yeah. nature and desire that I have inside um, to want to be somebody of influence and have power and so I think there is definitely a trap. Oh, I know in my own, it's, I agree with you, same with me. If I talk from my own personal experience, 100% there's times I'm, man, I, <coughs> everything about me wants to be, um, you know, yeah, man. Top I wanna, dog. Yeah, I wanna, that's the, that, exactly. I want to be, man, I want to be the man. Mm. And that was how I started out serving in ministry, even mm. when I was not in full-time ministry. But, mm. man, it definitely was in me. I was like, man, give me the microphone. I want to be. Oh, give me the lights. Put it on me. So yeah, I think it is a real. There is a real challenge there, and a, a, you know, it's very real for for us. Hmm. I think the only. Um. I think what people the natural, the natural outcome if you're trying to benefit you, is you'll choose the power. The um, the natural result is you're focused on them. Then you'll choose love. So it's probably always a clear line in this situation. How am I going to help them? Probably to love them. How am I going to help me? Uh, do as I say. Like that, that's probably the the key point. Jesus was always he knew what was always best for the person. He was always outward thinking. Anyone else's most of the time. How's this going to best serve me? Take us into some context. Well, what about what about if someone thinks they are loving someone by telling them what to do? Because I think we need to define what love is. Well, right? This is true. Yeah. This is that. This is that leadership conversation. Because I'll take you where much. you need to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is elements of love is confronting, mm. and I think anyway is there's times and moments of well, I love you, so I'm going to tell you what you need to know. Um, I know that's been outworked in my own life when the shoes on the other foot. People have told me things I really needed to hear, didn't want to, but it was it was definitely a element of love in that conversation. So I think that that's a necessary thing. But I also do believe you can get it wrong too. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think love is always kind of what you just mentioned. Then, Brody, love is is the the drive or the force behind that love has to be the um, betterment mm. of the person, the people, and not not serving my own selfish desires. If it's, I think love is man. I if it's going to empower that person, equip them, it's going to push them closer to Jesus. It's going to you know all that stuff. I think if that is the motivation then I think there's something about that has got to be a base of love. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, I don't think think the delivery... The delivery almost becomes secondary if the heart is spot on. Yeah. How you deliver it to someone uh, can be taken either way, but if your heart is for generally to see them better. So in the context of, say, a church, um, a leader or or someone and, and a pastor... There's no real, in certain contexts, when you were being dressed down, <laughs> right, there's, there's no real benefit to them in that dressing down, which is why I would say that it is our love because it's actually for you to yep. grow, to be better. Yep. But there's situations where it's like, well, this is going to benefit you if I do X, Y, Z. And that's the roles, the, the, it's no longer about, hey, he's telling me this because he knows what's best for me and he really loves me. It's like, well, I can see that um, this is going to benefit you and I don't like what I'm being told. That's mm. the two sort of sides of the context of it. Do, do you know what I think really embody this well is mums? Mm. Mothers. Wow. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm, I was going to ask you boys actually, if you were to think, put you on the spot, someone in your life or someone you know that has lived this out really well. Like any, anyone come to mind? Yeah, I, I go to I go to my mum. Like four kids, and and my own wife, mums, um, single mums that they do lay down their life for others and for their kids, and sometimes um, are putting careers on hold, um, are missing out on going here and everywhere because they're they're, they're constantly thinking about the other. Because <clears throat> to me, the the if we come back to love, I'll keep coming back to the word. It's self emptying love. It's not. It's not. Um, it's not the individualistic love, which, which because put your hand up if you've done something that you really wanted to do and then stuck Jesus's name on it later on. I'm doing. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> everyone's done that. Yeah, but like yeah, if I you know, haven't, yeah. your, your your name is Jesus. <coughs> <laughs> Fly around <laughs> the room. <laughs> Over. And and so when you're in those when you're in those instances where you, you delude yourself. Mm. So it's it like it's it you talk about the temptation of choosing the, the power. It's so blinding and um consuming that we can tell ourselves we're acting in love but maybe we're not. We're not. Yeah. Well there's the old saying love is blind. Yep. Like you know, the flip side of that—that's that's an intriguing thought. Yeah. Because mm. um, love is, yeah, it's it's and love is powerful. We're talking about power over mm. versus love, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. if we oh, let's br- I think we let's break it down into a practical scenarios for people. So you got bosses, um, you got your head of your whole household, um, whether that be the the mum or the dad or what are the situations at home. Um, so workplaces, churches, 
if you don't have a clear, um, I'll just take it off a little bit to the side. If you don't have a clear plan, so like day to day, like how you're wired, then you'll end up being reactive. So if you if you treat people in relationships based on how they treat you, mm. you're quite often going to take a power route. But if you, and this is the same as like when you have a, if you're going through a discussion, it's called a discussion or argument with your wife. If you make the, if you, before you have the conversation, if you have the plan to be like, no matter what she says, I'm going to react this way. If you don't have that and you might apologize for something, if she's not ready for the apology yet, all of a sudden the, the fight's back on, right? Because you're now reacting to what she said. So if you have a clear plan all the time to be like, well, my position is, hey, love, it's not about me, it's actually about you. Having a plan to live that way, you'll end up more often than not choosing the, the love route, the Jesus way. If you don't and you're always reacting to everything, your natural instinct, unless you're Jesus, but your natural instinct is going to be um, self-preservation. How do I better me? How do I gain? Because that's kind of how we're wired. So in a practical sense, the corporate world, man, not, not many people survive who do it, uh, well, either way really, but you only get so far um, by cutting everyone around you. Because even if you make it to the top, um, sooner or later those people under you will leave the minute they can. Or they're coming for you. Or they're coming for you. There's always someone else Mm. on the move. Mm. Yeah, so it's an interesting concept. Everyone tries to get, say, gain power, but you, the only ones who hold it are the ones who are loved. Mm. And you're only loved if you love Right, boy, that's a wrap. (laughs) (laughs) Drop the mic. (laughs) I I love where you went with the the relationship side of things or the marriage side of things, because I reckon you can you can pick it out. Speaking to people during the you know last ten fifteen years and seeing marriages done really well, you see that love is the 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 power has been laid down. I reckon nothing kills yeah, a marriage fast. True. Nothing kills a marriage faster than, and power could be. I'm not telling my wife exactly what to do. I might just be um, holding power within myself, holding love back. Mm. I'm waiting for you to do fifty percent, then I'll do my fifty percent. Yeah. Mm. Whereas I think Christ is showing us. I'm doing a hundred. I don't care what you do. I'm doing a hundred, and then hoping that 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 leadership will essentially then rub off on the other side and they're going to start bringing... So, you know... when you, It's an intentional plan. 100%. You this see, is how I'm going to do it? Yeah. It's not... And that comes back to the way God loves us. That is unconditional. Because mm. I'm doing this no matter what I get back, I'm going all out, 100% in. And so you, oh, you can pick it up, I think, in relationships when it's not there. I, I don't know what you guys think, but mm. I, I, I feel like you can where... The, you, you can just sense something's being held back, conversations, the way the conversations go, um, the actions around. Yeah. yeah. Probably changes with age too. I mean, I can uh, – Laura and I have only been married, I don't know how many years now, 2015 since we've been married, together since 2011. I've seen how our relationship has changed and evolves and grows and, um, and you would see it even more um, – you're – I know I'm even different now than I was two years ago in our marriage because I've also probably learnt what doesn't work, mm. and so what what some things what work in um, in the workplace or even in church context or any, it doesn't work in your marriage because it's in your marriage is um, and it's controversial for some you know who really 
this idea about leading your wife or mm. leading the household. Mm. Um, T.D. Jakes has a really good, really good piece on it, but the idea of me, uh, the idea, he, the way he sort of illustrates it, the idea of leading in your, say, your household or being, is that you're actually, is to protect yeah. as opposed to come down. Yeah. So it's more about like, I'm going to shield you because I'm putting my, and that's not about I'm first, that's about I'm going to put you before me. Mm. Man, that illustration is amazing. Yeah. yeah um, no, you're right. I was going to say it takes year, It takes time to get there. Yeah, I know I'm not even close because um, I'm still always catching myself in the way I'm saying, uh, talking, or if we're doing, if we disagree, uh, the natural instinct for me is to be like, no, no, <laughs> no. this is what I think, this though. Is, yeah, this is how it is. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't. That's not, and just because you, it doesn't work. I've solved the problems in my marriage. Yeah. We, we work as a team. We do it my way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Claire will not be watching this. Praise the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, I agree. I think you're a bit, well. Just look what Jesus said. He said, you know, and this is an old school term word, but it is what it is. And our generation can't say that. Let's go. Whatever. It says, wives submit to your husbands. Mm. And I know this generation, but the very, I think what can be missed is the very next line. He says, and husbands, love, love. your wives as mm. Christ yep. loved the church. Yep. Uh, I'm certainly not perfect at this, uh, but I have obviously definitely dropped the boat, but I have observed, you know, over the last, maybe, I'll be married 22 years, over the last maybe eight years, nine years, I've gotten better. Yeah. And I've realized that when I love Claire well, you know, when I love her well and she feels that love and both in word and deed and mm. I've noticed that, because not even I really like that word submitting, I don't see her like this and I'm here, I see it like that. But for one, for a better word, she falls into line. You know, you know what I mean by yeah. that? And I think that's a biblical model because if I'm if I love her well, then she automatically moves. And when I haven't done that well, there's mm. been a lack of, love and which is time energy effort etc mm -hmm. when i haven't done that well it it definitely it shows up because there's she she can arc up over different things which creates me uh, in me a frustration and a resistance and then there's conflict and mm -hmm. so i have observed that even from that biblical statement and model that jesus gives you know he says man wives submit husbands love your wives it's a it's a big call it's a tall order mm -hmm. but it's a very freeing and powerful thing when it's done well, mm. and and again, I'm not saying I crush it. I you know, a lot of work to do there, yeah. but I've gotten better. Yeah, it isn't it, um, the idea of what you were saying before that when you love your wife well, or whether you love your friends well, or whatever, whoever the relationship is, what happens is trust. Yeah. So if they trust you, so when I think of the idea of wives submitting to your husband. I feel, I mean, I don't know if it's a translation, but the way I feel like it is wives trust your husband. They're not going to trust you unless they can see that they uh, you love them like Christ loves yep. his church. So, and that's the same with any relationship. So if you're a leader in a church, love the people so they trust you. Mm. That's like, it's not like a do get, but it's kind of, they're not going to trust you if they don't openly see that they, they don't feel the love. Mm. If all they feel is the order they're not going to trust you. And that's when you see like uh, division always come in in any context, church, work, family. Yeah. Um, if there's no trust, it's because love is absent. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. What What would you guys look for in a leader? And this could be a church context, 
um, friendship context where you, you would see like what what things do you look out for? Does it line up with them serving in a way that they're laying down their power, or what, what sort of things in in, in leadership? If you're if you're looking for someone, if you're looking, I've got heaps of thoughts on this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I, I'm obviously I'm definitely looking at the model of Christ mm. in a leader. Yeah. Um, I used to look for uh, what probably would grab me first, or maybe I'd become. Uh, in my younger days, I was a bit more enamoured. Another another word, fellas. Yep. Eh? <laughs> Two in one night. Uh, I was a bit more enamoured by <coughs> charisma. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that sort of stuff. I was drawn to that, and I think that's a natural instinct. But you know, you realise, you know, there's there's got to be some substance behind yeah. the 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 feel, the look of whatever leadership style there is. So I'm looking for, man, yeah. Are you, do you, you know how we used to say as kids, or you know, I'm sure you've heard this saying, do as I say, not as I do. Mm. Yeah, you've heard that, right? It's meant to be the other way around though, right? No, yeah, no. Yeah, but you, yeah. Yeah, do as I say. That's, yeah. what a, that's what a drunk dad says. That's what I mean. You say it to your kids, or yeah, yeah. do as I say, not as I do. In other words, yeah. I'm telling you to do this, but yeah. don't observe what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Don't come watch that, me. Yeah, that's a, f- like as a, in a leadership context, it's so faulty. Yeah. Hmm. It, it should be do as I say and as I do. Hmm. So I'm looking for not just the <coughs> verbal articulation of, something or some leader i'm looking at the trajectory of their life and the wake if you like you know the Mm. wake behind a boat because it that tells you a lot about that person like Mm. man what are they what's they say this but what are they what have they done when it comes to laying their life down and as the model of christ gives us to serve and you know become last and all that Mm. so i think it's very that's that's what i love i i I admire that i respect that and i'm drawn to that in people Mm. um i'm like man that's christ-like there's no self-promotion there's no self-motivating factor in that it's i'm here for you and this creates i agree it does create trust Mm. in 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 like from from my point of view i can trust that i'll I'll trust that Mm. and um yeah um, did you have some? No, no. Oh, uh, no. Uh, is this, are, we, are we? Gonna, I feel like we haven't had the grind my gears section for a little while. Is that the oh, I'm not going. <laughs> oh, no, no. no oh, I, I might. No, I can pull out <clears> some grinding gears on no. this one. <laughs> oh, maybe it's part of it. Um, no, I have. I was the same. I used to. I used to be um, not wowed, but I suppose naturally people draw. You see this in church a lot. Naturally, people are drawn to someone who can just has has the ability to talk in front of people. Yep. All of a sudden, you're a leader. You know how to open your mouth and give some sort of detail. And there's these kind of key elements that people look at and go, "How oh, you got leadership in your life? You're a born like." I've kind of like learned a little bit over the last couple of years. I more look to I see things as flags that you probably aren't ready to lead yet. As opposed to, um, oh, you must be a leader because you can tell people how to organise a connect group or whatever it might be. A big one for me that the first is that person Christ-like. Man, do they? Do, can I tell they're a Christian without asking them? Just like, do I feel the spirit around them? That kind of thing. Are they insecure? Any like insecurities kill leadership because you become reactive. So if you, if you struggle with insecurities, and we all do on some level, there's yep. always something, especially men, especially men under 60, 
because there's just something about us that where there is some insecurity somewhere. The ones who really have insecurities, whether you picked on school or whether you just have a big ego, whatever it is, that makes really bad leaders because you become reactive, you become emotional in things. Um, and I say this because I've, I've been through it. Like I, I, I used to be super insecure. It's the way I um, modelled myself was everything that I wanted to be based on all the things that I, I wasn't when I was younger. So I, if I see insecurity in someone, I just flat out won't trust them as a leader because I know that what they're going to be doing is always going to be feeding their ego, mm. which means I can't, I can't be led by that because it could throw me under the bus. So rather than saying someone's a great leader, I've kind of noticed some red flags where um, I would steer clear. Yep. Then I come someone like Marsh, um, who he might have his own insecurities or what that's, that he goes through, um, but probably very minuscule to others. So he just, you know, like he's probably so much further on in that journey where anything that he's going through is never going to affect me in his leadership. He's never going to, um, he's never going to lead me the wrong way based on him ever being threatened by something I might be able to do, ever, because he's way further on in that journey. And you feel that in someone and that's what makes a great leader. But he's not the first person who's going to stand up and, start organising a crowd and start... Because there's no ego or pride there or drive to do that. And I've just had my eyes open to, man, some of the best leaders are the quietest. They're the quietest. They're just like... And my dad used to always say to me, without rambling, my dad used to always say, um, if you want people to listen, speak softly because people switch off those who yell. And he always used to say, just you know, be mindful of the quiet person because they're probably the person to watch. And that has stuck with me and I, 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 it's very true today, especially in leadership. So, mm. yeah, mm. some thoughts. Yeah, I agree. I, I, a big uh, key for me is like you always, you can smell straight away whether they're selling something. And what I mean, not necessarily physically selling something, but they've got an agenda. Mm. So if someone's got an agenda, it's it's straight away. I've, I've it's a scent. Yeah, and I go, go back to that quote we said at the start of the um, podcast it's it for one of a better word it smells of christ it smells of where you're you're not choosing to control someone you're actually laying down your control you're emptying yourself for someone else um and you can just tell like now being mm. older you can pick up pretty or i feel like i can pick up pretty quickly because you get duped in the past where someone has got an agenda mm. and They'll tickle your ears with things you might want to hear to get you to the come old along. carrot dangle. The old carrot dangle, and and there's certain environments where that things just dangling all the time. Mm. You never get the carrot. It's <laughs> like the um, is it the uh, is it the greyhounds <laughs> that chase the rabbit? <laughs> the the like hamster wheel, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The fake greyhound. Yeah, I uh, agree. You can you can um, it, I think it's actually good that you can tell you can tell more though. As opposed to the bad scent, I reckon mm. the good scent stronger. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm. When you come across someone, and this is without putting, without making him blush, Dan's very good at this. Dan's a good pastor, pouring it out, right? <laughs> He's a good pastor, <laughs> pouring it out. No, but I, um, he, you don't come around him and like go and feel like, oh, this guy wants something from me. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Never. He's go. either a very good con. Yeah. The, or, the hook's coming soon. Or, yeah, nah, I'm not lining him up for a... <laughs> 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 I 
Uh, I, I do have a, just want to know if I could ask you a question. I just need something. <laughs> need some clothes. Just yeah. need some uh, money, actually. <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> no, I, I love the saying, every shepherd should have the smell of sheep. Mm, that's true. That's a great leader. Mm. Yeah. If, you know, shepherd is the biblical word for pastor. That's a leader. Um, I love the idea of that they have the smell of sheep. You know, not physical smell, but you can man, you their hands are dirty and yeah, like, get in, in people's lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in, they're involved, and they're you know they're they're grinding away and and working and praying things through. And I love that. And I think if there's a big gap between the the leader, the pastor, the shepherd, whatever, between that and people, I'm always weary. I'm always mm. sketchy of that yeah. because I'm I'm like man. I think that stuff is important. It keeps you grounded. It keeps you humble. Keeps you walking the way that God wants you to walk, and it, it keeps you away from the power grab. You know the that hunger and desire for power that we have mm. that we've been is what we're mm. talking about here. I think yeah. If if I I've noticed in my life when I've distanced and there has been distance at different seasons of you know the last couple of decades. It's not a good thing, you know, and and you you lose you can lose touch, you know, yeah. with with what people are really wrestling with in everyday life, and get up and grab a microphone and you know throw out a message or whatever, and yeah, it's an ugly thing. And then you do become agenda driven because you know I need something done, so mm. I'm like, man, hey, I've got, and people do smell it, I think, you know, yeah. But yeah. Does does it feel rare though? Does it? I was going to say before you get the other the other side is, um, do you believe there's times where God uses someone who uh, on my mind right now goes to um, say someone like Donald Trump, where so many of um, Christians around the world, not just America, right, were um, what's a good word, Dan? Uh, besides just so focused on him, is it polarized by him? Is that the right word? He's, polar, he's a polarized. Pol- so um, polarized by him, myself included, uh, um, as a leader. Now, there's a lot I don't like he does. There's a lot I don't like, um, say, in his leadership ability. But is there any some truth to saying that who else could have done that in that moment? Do you think God uses, I mean, if you go back and look at some of the um, like the pillars within the Bible of those people, of the, of the like strong faith leaders, some of them were really, really strong leaders, right? So is there a time and place sometimes where, I don't know if it's saying you love any less, but this boldness and actually using power, because God will give you the ability to have power, right, in, in, in some sort of context. Is there a place where that reigns over someone who just loves really well? Politics? Mm-hmm. It's a, that's a hard one. I, don't, I, I actually don't have an answer. I have thought about it. But besides, I, I if you forget, if you forget politics, say some like, uh, say a really strong movement, someone leading some a revival. Like, is there a place where God uses someone who can just come in, bang out a message that just cuts through and pierces hearts, and then but they're terrible at loving. Uh, I, I have, I'm sure you have too. I've seen that happen. There's heaps of them out there. Yeah, who do I've that. seen that happen, yeah. and it's it, and then you know someone quite close to me several years ago now obviously not going to mention names but the guy had a global ministry and 
was carving up in every way, shape and form, you know, if you have a litmus test or whatever the whatever mm. you want to call it, he had everything. He was, you know, preaching to millions of people, you know, in a year and top 1% of flyers around the world because he was, you know, he was all over the place doing stuff. And But, it, like, powerful. Man, I've been in so many of his meetings. I used to take him to different things, and but he was he was really messed up. And it all came out in the end. Mm. But he impacted s- so many lives. When you say messed up... Um, besides, morally, yeah. Morally. So besides moral or character flaws, was he? Um, did he love people, or did he love people secondary to his power? The gift, the gift. The, yeah, that's what I'm, I'll yes. ask. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No, that, it, when you put it in light of that, no, he did. In even in those, the, he loved. I could. He had a care and concern mm. for people, but because of the mor- morality side. That became less and less, and then right. it became more. You know, yeah. The power got him. Yes, yeah, and it was ate him up. Yeah, which is something that happens. It grows. Yeah. Um. So you yeah. might be able to handle it for a while, but it actually mm. grows on you because you lose touch. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of the organic, um, trend, as you start to get more influence. Um, yes. And this could be any context. More, in, more elevated. Um, more eyes on you. Yep. Normally, people you hang out with, fence happens and they drop off. So the people who once had your ear, they don't have it anymore. Now the people around you are yes men or are paid by you. Yeah. Um, And you just get to this point where you're like, no one would dare tell me I'm wrong anyway. And everyone's just telling you you're amazing. Um, You see that with like artists, actors, Mm -hmm. people who are like pushing the money train. Not so much, I say a past, I'm talking about like an artist, a young artist comes through. They start off as this amazing person. By the end of it, they're just like the worst person. But it does happen in church though. It does. I see it. I see it. Like from a, I, I said this recently, I think in the church for pastors and leaders, too much money, too much influence, too much power and too much fame corrupts. Absolutely. Yep. And some, there's a few that seem to handle it well, but the vast majority, there's like a body count. If you look mm. over the decades, there's a body count of great men, m- mostly men, to be honest. They yeah. always seem to cock it up. Mm. And because I think this really is not, we're not wired to handle that influence in that regard constantly look i'm gonna if anyone does listen to this and somehow this thing blows up mm. it, it'll come back and bite me on the backside but i think today's generation love. yeah coming from a very loving heart yeah i think this generation of preachers like the first century preachers were martyrs today's generation of celebrities yeah. yeah and there's a whole bunch of dudes that are running around the globe well maybe not now because of covid um, but they're just from platform to platform to platform to platform every week in, week out. They just get lathered on with, yeah. you know, you're the greatest thing since life's bread and mm-hmm. the intros they get at every church they walk into, the all everything, the whole nine yards. And by the way, I've experienced that myself, mm. you know, so, um, you know, I just know it, it – I just don't believe it's healthy and that power mm. corrupts people. And I don't care how holy someone may think they are. Mm. Um, and I think it gets unhealthy. So the ones who do it well, 
what do you think they have in their you life? Th- oh, you said it others. before. One thing I do know is they don't have yes men around them. Yeah. I know that of one character who's like global. I'm just going to say it because he's a flipping legend in my book, Brian Houston. Yeah. He doesn't have yes men around. You know, he has people around that will challenge things. Yeah. And, you know, in, in their environment, yeah. obviously, you know, we'll call it a board mm. table or whatever, and, but there's people there that will, man, they'll, they'll speak up. Which is up. super important. Yeah, and I think, He's done so well because he doesn't just have everyone, you know. Yeah. You know, I think it's a good thing. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say what, I mean, you mentioned practical advice for people listening. What what, what should they look for for someone who's doing this well? What do you think? I, 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 like, I, like, I like what you said about the smell of sheep on them. Yeah. That as soon as, as soon as I, you know, someone, a leader or someone who wants to lead, you're struggling to get any time with them, that's a red flag for me. They're either too 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 busy to lead, doesn't mean they've, they're, they want you to bow down to them and submit to them. Mm. If they're too busy, potentially, they're just too busy. They're, they're, that doesn't necessarily mean they're doing a bad job, but they're too busy. Mm. But if there's this real reluctance to get inside life with you, which is what Jesus did when he came down and became human, that is incarnational. You have to, I think all Christians are called to, to do life with other people, other Christians and, and um, you know, experience loss with them and, and help them out practically. Mm. If they're removed from that, I think that's a red flag for me. I don't know what you, got, what you guys think. Um, I, I think I've got some, like, some good advice on that that I've learned. Uh, one would be I, I listen to people... Um, I, I think today, too many young Christians listen to too many people. So they listen to anyone who's their connect group leader, their young adults leader, their youth leader, there's someone who's been in two years longer than leader, whatever it is. So they listen to too many people. I think if you can pick someone that you actually aspire to their character, like, man, that fir- that person is further along in their journey and the key part being their journey to being more like Jesus not their journey to being on staff or their journey to being a preacher. So Marshall Dan, I look at people or other people around, man, are they a good husband? Are they a good father? Do they pray a lot? Do they just like, do they do the simple things that we should be doing as Christian? I've learned to like listen to those people. So I don't listen to someone who, um, I think if a lot of people ask the question, do I really, do I want to be like that person? And this might be their pastor. Do I actually want to be like that? Like, is that who I want to be? If you're not like jumping at the bit to say, yeah, like they are, they're just, their character is amazing. And I want to listen to what they have to say. It's a red flag. Mm. So why would you like, some people make crazy decisions on dropping out of uni. Yeah. Because because I'm like, well, maybe I'm going to be on staff. If you're called to do that, unreal. But if you're not, I was going to say, sometimes they're not close enough to the person to get a real read on what they're like as a husband and a father. Because true. All yeah. they see is this projection of their leadership. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for being in, just when you talk about church life. And now, I, oh, it sounds, oh, look, people can read into it what they want. But in, again, I'll just lay this premise. Certainly not perfect. Yeah. Like I'm talking about me. We're not perfect. But man, I've had a lot of people sit in my lounge room that yeah. have said, I never would have done this with a pastor. 
in wherever they came from. Yeah, that, and that's what and I'm, I'm saying. Not, that's I, but I don't want that to sound like, oh man, you yeah. know, I'm just going where awesome, whatever. It's not my heart. I just I hear it a lot. I'm like, man, well, that's his um, his nickname is Nobody because <laughs> nobody's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> is that me? Yeah. 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 Well, what? That be my nickname. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing about this. Why yeah. is it? <laughs> but no, I, I think it's <clears throat> that really that really blows my mind mm. because I think there's a lot to be said for. Sitting in the lounge room around the dining table, you know, I'm laying on my lounge, got my feet up, my footy shorts on, yeah. looking like a yobbo, just talking, you know, whatever. Mm. I, man, I, it can't be that complicated, you mm. know. I think should I get it too though? Look, I get it. People get busy, and you mm. know, there's there are there comes a time in leadership where there should be there there maybe is a demand for spaces. So Jesus had spaces in his life. Mm. Uh, you know, he had the crowd, the, was it the 500, the 70, 72, 70 or 72, yep. 12, the three, Peter, James and John. Between each of those, whatever, crowd, 500, there were spaces. He didn't have the time or energy to pour into the crowd. He stood there on a boat, punched it out and took off with the boys. Uh, the 70, whatever, the 12 he poured into, but then he had the three. The, the amount of investment time and energy and effort between each of those things mm. was varying. There's no way he had time to sit down with every Tom, Dick and Harry. Mm. So remember, he was all God, but he was still man, confined to that one physical spot when he walked earth. So I feel like maybe there are times for those spaces that are required, but as an example, if I'm always, uh, you know, if I'm always dealing with lizard grind my gear bit, Okay. Yeah. So if I'm always we, as a leader, we need, a, we need a little drop for that. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, one of us say, "Look, look, I just want to say I love blah, blah, but <laughs> like, butter it up." Jeez, uh, I've just forgotten what we're saying, boys. Uh, oh, sorry, man. killed you again. I, I think with Dan, um, Dan's touching on the real, um, the idea behind the time that leaders have to put into people. Um, a great leader oh, as well. I've go, got, it. got it. Go, go, go. Because like this is what kind of gets to me is if I'm if I'm just dealing with my leaders, yeah, yeah. and they they deal with the people, yeah. So I'm pouring out into these guys because they're working on them. Yeah. I don't have time for you over there. That mm. that grinds my gears. Yeah, I get it. I should pour into these guys, mm. but I should always somehow make time mm. to be with the drug addict or whatever, you 100%. know. Like I just that's the sheep thing. Yeah. Does that make that's yeah. the shepherd? Getting your hands like, dirty. Yeah. Yep. If I'm always oh no, that that's my it, you know, I just think that becomes unhealthy. Mm. It's like people I know that have got a lot of money, yep. but they've never been on a missions trip. And I'm not saying everyone has to go, but I know people like this they just they throw the money at it. I'm like, that's almost a weak way <laughs> to get out of what yeah. you should at least do a few yeah. times in your life and go and walk with some African kids and six miles with them and go and draw the water out of the muddy yeah. water, yeah. muddy river. So I, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, yeah, I, like what you just said there. I think that's that's us trying to push into church models and leadership models the world's values then. You know, I, I just pour out to this little section here, and then they handle that, and then it's like this hierarchy. There's yeah. no, there's no hierarchy in the kingdom. No. But look, I think you said it on a podcast in the past. There's, you know, anointing and other other things, but at a at a basic level, we're all equal yeah. in Christ, and we all need each other as part of the body to work together. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really big on on not being reactive. 
um, because I know when I'm reactive, normally the worst of me comes out. <clears throat> so I think um, having that clear plan on uh, I'm just going to choose to love people. And a big part of that is like, I can't remember who it was, but a, real, a well-known um, preacher does a message it's called. Is it a good message? It's a really good message. Sure, it wasn't one of mine. It wasn't one of yours. <laughs> it was a really sure. good. I'm just checking. It was a really good message. It, yeah, it was cracking. It wasn't Did one of you yours. Sure, that was <laughs> almost certain. I'm almost certain. <laughs> so, nah. Actually, so am I. <laughs> and the title was, I think, it was Jensen Franklin, and it was uh, love. So same, same, <laughs> Jensen. Wow. So it was love like you'd never been hurt. Wow. And nice. the and just the title alone was like that's a great non-reactive position to take. Doesn't matter what you do, and that's the same as like you know when you have strained relationships, bitterness, mm. always, and that's like how many times? Seven times, seventy-seven. Mm. Like, is always just be like, well, at the end of the day, I love you. Yeah. Hate your behaviour sometimes, but I love you. I think if you can find a leader who makes you feel like that, that's a great that's a great start to be under someone like that. So do you reckon? Do you reckon a a good way to Skip around the temptation of power and choose lovers to stay stay with your hands dirty. That's a probably a really good practical one. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Stay with the people. Don't <coughs> don't don't remove yourself don't. away. Jesus never did. Yeah, he again like he withdrew mm. to pray. Mm. Then he would engage at a crowd level, but then every he just was always. It's a really, it's he, a really good point. He, he, mm. he, that's that should be our model. He, well, he says it like this: the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. If I'm a leader, if I'm a shepherd, whether it's a pastor or whatever in church, you you are a shepherd to some degree. Yeah. Then the biblical model is: I'm here, you're here to lay. I'm, I'm here to lay my life down for mm. you. That's the biblical model, and I think that keep that does keep you away from the the want for power and you know that that desire that we mm. have or that you know the hunger for more influence, power, whatever. Um, isn't that, isn't that what they do to athletes as soon as they've had a moral failure? I want to get you. You see it all the time, NBA and rugby league. It's you know, say so something's come out, they drink driving or whatever. You got to go and do community service. Now that's kind of a secular way of like trying to um, bring them down a notch or two to get out with the real people. You've remo- you're, you're removed because all you do, I don't say all you do, mm. you, you know, you train, you live in a bubble, you train, play Xbox, play play on the weekends. Yeah. All the pressure around it. On the, <coughs> I haven't been yeah. a professional sportsman, although I could have been. Yeah, mm. sort of I have no doubt. Yes, yeah. thank you. Thank Badmin- you. Badminton. <laughs> Badminton. <laughs> Lawn bowls. Lawn bowls. <laughs> But one of the first things they do is like you, uh, you know, there's a community program out there. Go and get down with the people. So grounded. Like peop- get grounded. People that are struggling. Yeah. The reality is, we're all humans. We're broken. We're fallen. Stick around that. Mm. Yeah. I, I yeah, I love that thought. Yeah. I love it. I love coming back to my little community and people. Like, oh, what's up, bro? Yeah. What's up? I could say other things, but I can't say it because it's a public context. But yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's good. Yeah, it they is. call me pastor. Who cares? Yeah. Like, man, whatever. I get the respect thing. So yeah. probably people are going to shoot me down for that. <laughs> Just that passing comment. <laughs> That's all we'll get feedback on. <laughs> um, Where's your respect for the pastor? <laughs> <But> it's <laughs> it's um, it, it is funny to just bef- before we wrap up what we we're talking about before about identifying those people 
Because um, I guess the context of this is one, how, how you can individually be, mm. but it's taken shape to like, hey, how can people identify someone to trust in their life? Yeah. A big one really is like, like you said, um, do as I do, as I do, not just as I say. Um, people need to ask their question about the person who's saying what to do. Yeah. Do they actually do what they say? I mean, how many times do you hear, um, if, you're too, if you're too big to serve, then you're too small to be on the platform? But how many times do you hear the person who says that, like, not, not doing it? Yeah. So you, it might be one one thing to say it. You need to identify the person um, who's saying it. Hey, is that are they backing it up? Mm. Um, that's the practical element to finding the right people to trust, um, because you'll eventually model like what you watch and see. Yeah. So while we might not be talking so much about our leadership and how to find that, it's really important to actually start seeing someone to model. Because it's okay to read about Jesus, but most people who just read about Jesus still don't do what he says. Yeah, you kind of st- you do what you see other people do well, so you need to be pretty careful on who you <laughs> That's pick. That's what the religious leaders did. Yeah, in his day. Yeah, they're all about sitting in their little intellectual bubbles mm. and tell everyone else what to do. And man, it was shocking. Yeah, but it would have been great for them because they would have been so comfortable. Oh, they loved it. Super comfortable. They were all about it. Yeah. Happens today too. It's horrible. Thank God, eh? That we're all on a journey. All of us are on a journey. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All on a, just so, just I don't know if we're still going here. There's nothing to do with what we're talking about. But Go I'm ahead. just going to confess. Mm. I was uh, racing you guys to drink the water, <laughs> and I um, beat you. <laughs> oh, good. Because I'm all about the wins. Yeah. <laughs> which is about the power. Well, actually, I was actually. It's funny to say because I was actually watching as well, and I thought. I want to be last. <laughs> so oh. if you want to be first, you want to be, want to be last. last. Yeah, <laughs> wow, okay. Because <laughs> um, I had that much in, I'm like, oh. Thanks for joining us for that uh, that conversation. <laughs> you probably didn't get any clarity on... Uh,